Hi, God bless you, brothers, sisters. It's Brother Gerson from Iglesia de Cristo Miel AV. And um, we're here bringing you a new and exciting series called Locked Up, where we're going to be talking with our youth council. Uh, I have Oscar with me and Bianca. And we're going to be discussing Bible stories where at some point in time, these Bible characters were imprisoned, were shackled, and went through difficult circumstances. But we also see God's power in their faith. Many of us could be shackled today. We can be in prison cells. We can be imprisoned. Maybe not literally. You're not in a correctional facility or anything of that sort. But we can be shackled by sin. We could be shackled by the circumstances, by difficulties in our lives. And we're going to explore and see through God's word how we can be free. So today's story, we're going to see Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Take it away, Oscar. Alrighty. Yeah, so as you said, um, we're in Acts chapter 16. And it's the, the story that, that we're talking about starts off in verse 16. And it starts off with Paul and Silas. They're already in Philippi. And they're walking down. They're heading down towards their, their place of prayer. And they've been doing it now for several days. And um, throughout those days, they've also had a slave girl who has been following them. And she has the ability to tell the future because um, she has a demon or a spirit um, inside of her that, you know, that, that gives her that ability. And so, you know, after several days, Paul gets really frustrated and he gets really annoyed. Um, and so he casts out the, the spirit out of the girl. And so um, now her owners are, are very upset. And um, so what they do is now they grab Paul and Silas and they take them to the city officials and they say, you know, these men are... are are um, telling us to practice things that are outside of Roman customs. And so what happens now is that all the Jews and everybody else in, in that city, they go around, you know, saying, no, you know, like these guys are bad and all that stuff. And so they end up throwing Paul and Silas into the prison. And, and I, I believe it's that night around midnight is what, what um, I read that, you know, they begin to pray and they give, they begin to give God worship. And, you know, th after that, the, there's an earthquake that, you know, causes the prison to fall down to its foundation and all the prisoners are set loose from their shackles. And, um, you know, when the, when, the, when the jailer wakes up, he sees that, you know, he, he sees that the doors are open from the prison and um, he draws his, his sword uh, about to, you know, take his own life. And Paul says, no, wait, you know, we're all still here. And so the jailer calls out for lights and he heads down to the dungeon and he says, um, and he, you know, he throws himself at, at Paul and Silas and he says, what do I have to do to, um, you know, to be saved? And so that's when um, Paul and Silas, or, or Paul tells him, you know, all you have to do is believe in God and, and believe, you know, that he is the Lord and, and you and your, and your household will be saved. So, you know, he heals up their wounds and then he takes them to their home or to his, to his house. And um, that's where Paul, you know, baptizes his, um, him and his family and they're all saved. And, you know, they're all, they're, they're, they, it says that he rejoiced because they all believed in God. Such an amazing story. Honestly, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, being in the music department, this one's told to us constantly, right? Because of the praise and worship aspect of it. But I never saw certain things that we're going to be talking about today that, that really captured me and, and, and really motivated me um, in, as a Christian, right? But one of the things that I've always thought, you know, I'm not as spiritual as I should be, but many times I think to myself, these men were preaching the word of God. They were out there on a missionary trip, and all of a sudden, you know, they cast out the, the demon from that slave girl, 
and they freed this man, uh, but then they were beaten with rods and sticks. And and I, I think to myself, kind of similar to what other people out there might think, why do bad things happen to good people? Do you have anything to comment on that, Bianca? Yeah, I think that's a valid question to ask, especially in our Christian lives. There's many times where I feel like we find ourselves in these tough, hard situations and we ask ourselves, why is this happening to me? And that's where we see the importance of faith in our lives and especially in their lives. But I would say that bad things happen to good people um, for a greater purpose that we don't know of. Um, whether we are going through that situation right now, whether we find out later on why we're going through that situation, I think as a Christian, we have to trust and know that there is a greater purpose for our suffering. Amen. Definitely. Like you said, in this case, the greater purpose was not only freeing the jailer, but previous to that, they freed the slave girl of that demon. You know, I don't know what what was happening with her, but it says that the spirit of divination was in her and um, her, the slave owners were making money off of her. So like it or not, she was being, she was in a cell herself. Um, but do you have anything to add, Oscar? Yeah, I mean, I think we see it a lot in, in the Bible and, and, you know, even, even now, you know, we see things happen to brothers and sisters. Like you just, you just ask, you know, why? Like the brother or the, or the hermana, you know, she was, she was faithful to God. But I mean, if we also look in the Bible, I mean, we see the Son of God who, who went through something. You know, that you ask yourself, someone so perfect, someone so pure. You know, why, why Jesus? You know, why not me? And then, you know, in the Old Testament, we see Daniel, who Daniel, you know, um, where he prayed to God three times a day, every day. It's not something that I, you know, he just decided to wake up one day. Oh, now because it's illegal, I'm gonna do it. You know, it was something that he did every day. So, you know, there was a city officials and administrators that were like, you know what, we want to get rid of Daniel, so let's go up to the king. And, and they told him, they said, um, hey, king, so let's, do, let's, let's make a law where anybody who prays to another god or to another man um, other than you gets thrown into the lion's den. And, you know, the king was like, all right, let's go ahead and do that. And, you know, Daniel doing what he always did opens the window and he starts doing something good, something that, you know, that, 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 that gives glory to God. He starts praying to God and um, they catch him and the king throws him in the lion's den and says, Daniel, may, may your God save you like he always has. And it, it's kind of ironic, you know, because he, he, he loves Daniel and, and he, 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 um, Daniel's very close to him. And when he pulls Daniel out the next day from the lion's den, he says, Daniel, like, you're all right. And that's when he says, you know, let, 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 let's everybody show reverence to to the god of daniel you know so i mean i think that that all of this plays into the 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 grand scheme um of things you know or, or what god has planned and you know to give him glory to give him praise amen no i i totally agree with you and it's all for a purpose and many of you might be going through difficult situations out there but just know it's all for a purpose um this reminds me of romans eight twenty eight, which reads as so and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So you might be going through difficult situations. You might be questioning yourself, hey, why me? I'm so good, which actually brings up another thought. Technically, we're not good. The Bible and Jesus said, 
There is no one good, no one, not one. So in, sometimes we question who say, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it's not happening to good, good people because there's no one that's good. We're all bad. We're all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the only one that can be called good is our Father who is in heaven. So first of all, we can't even call ourselves good, right? And the other thing is God knows the purpose for each one of us. And at the end of the day, it's for his glory. Something else that also comes to mind is the fact that what if these things happen to those mediocre Christians or Christians that maybe are not strong in their faith? I think the outcome wouldn't be something similar to what Paul and Silas um, experienced. It would be something different. I think if, if maybe it wasn't someone like Paul who was resilient in the faith and that had his whole trust in the Lord, maybe he would have started whining rather than worshiping. Maybe he would have been started crying or, or, or fallen into self-pity. But in reality, what helped him was the fact that he was strong in the faith. And then at the end of the day, we see stories like Cain and Abel. We see stories like Daniel, David, Paul, Peter, and even Jesus that because of their hardship and we know that the Lord helped them, we are now inspired thousands of years later. But they had to go through those hardships in order to give testimony of God's power and God's strength. Your thoughts, Bianca? Yeah, I do want to highlight the significance of the faith that um, Paul had and all these characters that we've mentioned. But I can't help but think, what if Paul were alone, right? I think his faith was solid, but what if Silas, the person he was with in prison, was a whiner, like you mentioned? What if Silas wasn't that friend that was motivating Paul all the time? Would Paul's faith, I don't know, crumbled? Would it have not sustained him? That's a very interesting question, um, which brings us to our second point, which is friendship and companionship. You're right. Our influences, our friendships matter. And just like they matter in the world, they matter here in church as well. And personally, I don't know, it's just my thought. I think we would have had a different story because... In, at this stage during Paul's ministry, this is a very early on in his ministry. This was one of his first missions. And I don't think he would have got maybe praise and worship. Maybe he would have gotten through a pity party. Why me, Lord? You know, I'm, I'm just preaching your word. I just cast out that demon or that spirit out of that, that lady. And, and this is where I end up. And I get beaten up by my own community. Because it says that the Jews beat him up. It wasn't the Romans. It wasn't Philistines. It wasn't the Malachites. It wasn't all those other tribes, right? It was Jews themselves, our, his own brothers. So I personally think that there's value in having Christian friendships, strong friendships. But your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's important that we, you know, that we apply this to ourselves because, I mean, the Bible has left us just so many examples, you know, like, for instance, um, one of David's sons, you know, uh, we, we know the story, what happened with him and, and, you know, unfortunately with his sister and who was the one who gave him, you know, the, the great idea, you know, hey, pretend you're sick. Somebody, you know, who wasn't even... His cousin. Yeah, I mean, it's like, is that the kind of companionship you, you want? You don't want cousins, you want brothers. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's... Um, and then we see this story, you know, we see Paul and Silas where you see, 
imagine if, if Silas was, was that type of person, you know, or, or what, what would happen? What have been the, what would have been the story? But, you know, we see that Paul and Silas together, you know, lifted up praise and worship. And be, the result was that everybody was set free. You know, so when we come to church, you know, and we apply that to ourselves, you know, we see we have our family members, we have our, our brothers and sisters here in Christ, you know, and we start to lift up praise and worship no matter the circumstance, you know, or the situation. Um, it, could, it could be your best friend here at your, or whatever the case, you know. Um, the situation can change if, if you change your mindset and, and you just start to, you know, believe that God is great and that God is good and that God is going to get you through no matter what if we just lift up praise and worship instead of whine and complain and, you know, just tell God, God, why this? Why me? You know, and because the son of God could have said the same thing too. Jesus, he, he could have said, why me? You know, I'm perfect. I've never sinned. I don't know sin. Um, why, you know, why do I have to go for them when they can simply just go for themselves? So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, something we should always apply to ourselves. Well, the Bible itself, we should always apply, but I mean, um, it's definitely something that, you know, should be central to, to a, a, a Christian, even, even a, a beginning Christian is very important. The way I see it, honestly, if, if I can use an analogy, it's whenever you are trying to reach some great goal, right? Like you're working out or losing weight. You always need someone to be accountable to. You always need someone to help you out. Whenever you're lifting some weights, you need someone to spot you, right? Whenever you're, you're boxing, you need some, a sparring buddy. So I see it in a similar fashion here because you need someone that is in the same motivation as you, same level of faith, because it's not s simply about companionship. We can find any type of friends, but what type of friends are we seeking? Are we seeking those friends that are going to lift us up or put us down? Because I imagine if Silas was a, a carnal man, right, a fleshly man, he would have said, hey, what, Paul, you brought me here. Hey, I was never beaten with rods before. I, I've always preached in the temple, and I've never been beaten with rods. I've never been in jail. Now I'm going to have this on my record, and oh, my God, blah, 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 right? But no, the, these men didn't whine. They didn't cry. They didn't uh, throw a pity party. No, they lifted themselves up and they both worshiped. They both sang hymns. They both prayed. And I just, I just think that's the quality or the, the value of fellowship, which is why the Bible calls us to congregate and to seek out each other in love. Your thoughts? Yeah, I did think of something while you two were speaking, actually, um, so if we see Paul and Silas in this jail, right, everyone there is guilty for something, right? Everyone in that jail. Paul and Silas are the only ones that we can say are innocent, right? They don't deserve it. Everyone else deserves to be there. Um, Paul and Silas, the way they reacted, their reaction caused everyone, not only their shackles, right? Not only their shackles to be unbroken, but everyone else's. And I can't help but think that this is kind of similar to Jesus, right? Jesus was undeserving, right? He did not deserve death, right? And because of his undeserving death, people are free. And we see that that kind of the same story in this, right? Yes, definitely. Wow, what an insight. <laughs> That's definitely heaven <laughs> brought God down from heaven. It's like... <laughs> Wow, no, that, that's definitely amazing. And, and that brings me to Matthew 8.20, which reads, For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. 
it, it, it's so amazing how having that companionship, that fellowship, that, that brotherly love and, and worshiping the Lord and two or three in accord, that's where the Lord makes his presence known and felt. And that's where we see the results. But definitely agree with what you said. There's a, very, there's a parallel there. And maybe we can discuss that a little deeper in another session, right? <laughs> it's a little too deep for this one, right? Sorry. We're going to have to probably delay that one. But that brings me to our point of praise and worship. The success in this story is not so much in the two people being together, in the casting out of the demon, but in the praise and worship. How praise and worship is a weapon against imprisonment. What are your thoughts? I think definitely, you know, when no matter the circumstances that we're in or, or the situations, obviously it's a lot easier said than done, you know, because uh, I think naturally we're just um, inclined to to whine or, or, or to complain or, you know, um we think selfishly sometimes like why me you know it, it could have been somebody else or you know but why me why did i have to be the lucky one you know to have to endure something like this um but you know in i believe it's in psalms forty six ten, it says be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth and you know just that if we take the time to think you know who's on our side you know we we have the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, you know, the God of all the universe, you know, of heaven and earth. Um, like I said, it's a lot easier said than done. But if we just take the time to think, you know, who is on our side, who who is always faithful, who will always come through, you know, like the song says, he is a way maker, you know. Um, so I, I think if we definitely just take the time and say, thank you, God, because you have always been good and then just start to worship, just start to give him praise because of who he is, you know. Um, I, I, I think it definitely just changes uh, uh, the situation, the circumstances. You know, earthquakes are made in our lives where, you know, things just start to, to change and we are free. So, yeah. And speaking of Waymaker, what song do you think they sang? And does the song matter? Was it The Blessing? Was it Waymaker? Was it God Will Make a Way? Was it How Great Is Our God? Do you think the song really matters? Yeah, great question. Honestly, I think as Christians, we get caught up a lot on lyrics and beats and, oh my God, this song is going to touch God's heart the most. And honestly, guys, I feel that God is seeing the trueness of our heart. Um, he's seen the posture of our heart. And I think that is where the great miracles happen. Um as we know, we don't know what song was saying in the prison. Um, we don't know if it was just one word Paul was saying, if it was a prayer. I, 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 we don't know anything. Um, but I can say that I believe Paul was saying or singing a praise from his heart. And it all comes down to heart posture and how they sang it to God. Definitely, totally agree on that because the Bible says that he is seeking worshipers in spirit and in truth, right? Um, and I think one of the keys there is in truth. If it doesn't come from a heart posture, a correct heart posture, because the heart posture really shapes our mindsets, our viewpoints easily. Like Brother Oscar was saying, um, we tend to be a little eccentric at times, especially when we're going through hardships. Why me? How come it couldn't come at another time? 
Why now? That's, that's just whining. And no one, no one, believe me, has ever said, you know what? I was going through a difficult time, but when I started whining, I started winning. No, it doesn't work that way, right? Because whining, like it or not, makes you reflect on you. Me, 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 poor me. When praise and worship, it's really about magnifying and exalting God. So when we shift our focus from us to him, that's when things happen. And that's when we have to make sure it comes from the right spot. We can't fake it. You can't say it's all about you. It's all about you. But deep in our soul, we're still whining and crying inside. It's all about that heart posture, like Bianca was saying, about truly giving God the glory and thanking him in all times. Uh, I, I heard a sermon one day that said we have to the bible calls us to thank him in all times but not for all the for all those times right so it could be a bad time we're going through but we what matters is our the way that we reflect or the way that we um act on in those times and going back it says he's looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth so that worship has to come from the most inner part of our soul it has to be truthful. Your thoughts, Oscar? Yeah, I think it's it's um to worship God in, in spirit and in truth is something like you said. It can't be faked, you know. And God, He sees that. So you know, when Paul and Silas, you know, were worshiping Him, you know, He saw that. He saw that the, the circumstance, the situation, or that they were in, you know, it it, it was. It was terrible, you know. No one is just going to be like, you know what, let me just start worshiping God. I'm in prison. Let me just start doing it real quick. Like, no one thinks that. So I think that worshiping God in spirit and truth is something very special. That's something, you know, that comes from the person. It, it, it happens once you start to really get to know God. Once you really start to, to dive into his word and have, build that relationship with him, you know. Because um, j just being able to worship God with all your heart is something very amazing, um, it, it's something that only, you know, belongs to us, you know, uh, to, to humans. It's something that he gave us. It's something that we can give back to God. And definitely worshiping him in, in spirit and in truth is, is, is a catalyst to, to greater things, you know, to God. God sees that and he, and he changes everything. He changes the whole, um, the whole scenery of our lives. He, you, you might be down one day and then just because you started to praise and worship God uh, at night, the next day is, you know, something changes, a miracle happens, um, so definitely worshiping God in, in spirit and in truth is, 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 is key to, to a Christian to, to be able to be real with God, you know, instead of hiding, oh, you know, like today, I'm not sad, God, I'm just, I'm just down. Like, no, you, you come to God as you are. You, 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 you give him everything. You, you surrender your heart, your, your feelings, your emotions, everything. And that, I assume that's what Paul and Silas did. You know, they surrendered everything and they said, what can we do? We can worship God. There actually, uh, there's a verse that comes to my mind. I don't know if you guys can help me out or if you've heard it. Um, I remember getting um, this verse told to me in the present or in the worship of my people, there is liberty, something along those lines, wherever there is, um, yeah, like praise and worship, alabanza, there is liberty. I don't know if you guys have heard that saying before. Yeah, I've heard it before. Um, I definitely do believe that, you know, while, um, you know, while, like, for instance, we're in church and, and we start to be, we begin to praise, we begin to worship, you know, that 
that people are being set free from, um, whether it be vices, whether it be, you know, uh, habitual sins that people have been in. Um, because, like I said earlier, you know, it doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the circumstance that you're in. I think um, when God sees your heart and you begin to worship and, and praise him and say, God, this is what I'm going through right now. But I know that you can change it all for me. And, you know, that's why, I, I, like Herson said earlier, you know, when two or three are together, you know, that God just comes down and moves so power, uh, powerfully. So it, I, I definitely think that when, when God, you know, when, we are, when we're all here praising and worshiping God together, you know, people are being set loose like these prisoners were. Like you said earlier, they were all guilty of something. We are all guilty of something. Um, we're, we're all, we're all, um, we were all slaves of sin. You know, we were all bonded to it. And, you know, glory to God, he set us free from all of that. And, and when we give him praise and worship, he sets us free. Definitely. And I couldn't find the verse that you're saying, but I think the concept is there um, where it says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And when the Lord inhabits and is physically present, there's freedom, right? Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? And I think that that really comes to change our environment change our circumstances well the circumstances might not change but our viewing of the circumstances our attitude in those circumstances brings us true freedom because the world's not going to change if we if we simply pray for it lord you know i'm cold let it not be winter no the lord has already meant for it to be four stations and there's going to be winter right no matter how cold it is no matter how difficult and i'm talking to you about maybe a spiritual winter there's a necessity for a spiritual winter in our lives, but our viewpoint and the way that our attitude in that winter stage will define if we are either free or are we are slaves either to ourselves, our own self-pity and so forth. But something that we see here that regarding the environment was that the earth shook and it groaned. And, and that leads me to one of the, uh, the last points we're going to talk about today the earth shook. When have you ever praised and worshipped and the earth shook? Well, there was that one service that a couple months ago, or I think a year ago, right? But we were in the middle of the, the preaching. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, that was scary. Anyways, um, I digress. But what are your thoughts on that? The earth shook. Yeah, I feel like nature, the environment, plays a key role to our worship. Well, it should play a key role um we can see with paul and silas um their worship their the trueness that was coming out of their heart towards god caused nature to also react right um we can be a catalyst for not only people but for nature itself um i think nature um, naturally worships God. Um, it is meant to worship God. And I, I don't know, it's something I would like to explore a little more. I think nature in itself does acknowledge God and it does, you know, um, surrender some type of praise to God. Because, I mean, how, how could it be that, you know, he creates all of this and and no one, you know, say, how great is God? I'm sure nature, you know, we would be the downfall of creation if, you know, we were the only thing to, or the only uh, things created by God to not surrender, you know, something to him of praise of, or worship. And 
I think nature definitely does acknowledge God and see God as, you know, the God of the entire universe, the God of, of everything, because he created it. He, you know, he formed it. It's something, you know, you know, we see God and we think we see Father. And then, you know, earth or, or creation itself sees God and they see my creator, you know, the one that formed me, the one that shaped me. So I think that definitely um, nature does react to God in some type of way. And it reacts to our worship in some type of way. Because how can it, how can it be, you know, that we are giving God something so, so amazing, something so, so, you know, just out of this world. Worship is just out of this world, you know, that it, it, it belongs to someone out of this world. So I think definitely nature does react to it. I mean, we see that when, when Christ was crucified on the cross, um, the whole earth shook. It, it became dark and it, lightning and thunder all over the place. And so I, it reacted to something, you know, something just so intense. And I believe our worship is just as, well, not just as intense, but it is, is it, it's intense. You know, our worship is something that, that goes up to God and, and, you know, God hears it. He, he, he listens to it. And that's just, it's just such a privilege, such an honor, you know, to have, you know, it's like a king, for instance, um, who, who talks, who is able to, to speak to a king, who is able to, to even entertain a king, not many. So I think nature does definitely react to not only our worship, but also, you know, praise and give glory to God. Going back to what you said, Bianca, um, there's a verse that says the heavens declare the glory of God. So God's creation definitely praises him, definitely worships him. We, see, we hear the chirping of the birds. We hear the, the animals. And, and like it or not, they're giving praise to the creator. But only us as humans are, is reserved the right to worship. Not the angels, not his millions of creations, us. And, 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 that, and that's so amazing to think how exclusive this worship is for us and how privileged we are to give worship to the Lord. Like Oscar was saying, it's, it's amazing that we have the Lord's attention. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, yet he inhabits in the midst of the worship praise and worship of his people? Why? He doesn't have better things to do? Yes, he does. He's running a universe. A universe is. But he inhabits the praise and worship. And that's just amazing that when we turn our whining into worship, the Lord is present. We have the Lord's attention, full attention. He has billions and billions of creation. I could just see angels just standing before the throne. And he's like, quiet. I want to listen to my creation. I want to listen to Oscar and Bianca and Gerson worship because only they can give it to me. That's just so amazing. And as a result of that worship, our environment is shaped, changed. Hey, there was an earthquake. <laughs> it's, it's so mind-blowing. It's so amazing, so beautiful. Whatever adjective you want to add there, to think. And, and, and that's why it's, it's, I like these talks because we truly get down to the depth of the word. Sometimes we read these verses and we just like glaze over them. But how amazing is this that the Lord is willing and able to listen to your worship and my worship? Any final thoughts, Oscar? Yeah, I mean, just to focus around, you know, the fact that, like Bianca said earlier, you know, that Paul and Silas, you know, they they were innocent, and I mean you can think about it as uh, that way that they were innocent, and there were many people in there who were 
guilty of something. And, you know, I can, only, I can only think when I come here, I'm not innocent. I know that for a fact. But, you know, Christ, you know, his spirit descends while we're all here, while we congregate together. You know, I, I might not know what, what Bianca or, or, or what you are going through, Herson, or, or you, might, you, might, you guys might not know what I'm going through. But when we all come together where there is, I mean, there's more than two. Um, when we all come together, you know, and we begin to praise and we begin to worship, um, you know, someone or, 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 or one of us is set free. And, you know, it comes back to the example that, that these two men gave and the example that the Word of God gave is that when we begin to worship, when we begin to praise God, you know, people are set free. You know, the, the, the scenery around us shakes. It falls down, whether it be, you know, if it's a bad situation, it crumbles, you know. So I think that was one, uh, definitely a, a, a key point to the story that uh, us as Christians um, should, really, should really hold to um, because it, it definitely will change our lives. You know, like I said earlier, if we, if we just sit there and begin to whine or how you said, you know, like I started whining, then I won. Like it doesn't happen that way. Um, it, it, it tends, you know, the, the hardest struggles, you know, are one with, persist, uh, uh, with, you know, with a lot of persistence and, you know, being consistent and just, um, and as a Christian, we win these battles by having faith in God, you know. Um, I believe, you know, what the, what the Word of God says that um, faith without works is dead. And these men showed that. They had faith, but what if they never started praising? What if they never started worshiping God? So I, I definitely think that this is a, a, a good story to tell, you know, and, and have the, this series locked up. You might not be, you know, in trouble. You might not be guilty of, of, let's say, you know, anything. But you might be in a bad situation, in a circumstance, and you're just thinking, why me? And, you know. I completely agree. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways in this conversation was that parallel that you made Jesus to Paul and Silas and how everyone was guilty and then we have the innocent and all of a sudden everyone was free and and that's just amazing any closing words Bianca um I guess it would just be the significance of time and placement right just very quickly we see that God moves when we are in an uncomfortable situation um so if we're just stagnant not doing really anything um, God's power is not going to move. But we see these men in the middle of the night, 12 a.m., right? We want to be sleeping at that time um, in darkness, right? I think, and in shackles, right? So all the reasons to be uncomfortable, but yet in our uncomfortability, that is where God wants us to be. I feel like that's where God moves the most. That's true. There's no progress in our comfort zone. There's someone out, uh, uh, there's a saying out there that, there's no progress that happens or no growth that happens, development that happens in our comfort zone. So sometimes these circumstances come to shake our world, to, to make us uncomfortable. But then what are we going to do? We have so much word. We know so much Bible. What are we going to do? In this case, these men decided to worship God. And um, I talk to you, young man, young woman, wherever you are, you might be going through a difficult stage in your life. Difficult situation, I don't know how far you are, how close you are. It might be spiritual, might be physical, might be financial, might be emotional, might be whatever. But just know there is freedom in Jesus. Stop whining. Stop looking into your situation. Stop justifying. Stop doing whatever it is that you've been doing and start worshiping. 
Worship is one of the strongest weapons that we have that is unique to us, that brings the presence of God, that creates earthquakes in the midst of our situation, that changes our viewpoint, our mindsets, changes our, our, our hearts, and brings true freedom. Brothers, it's been a blessing being with you. Uh, follow us on YouTube, on Facebook, and on our new podcast. Uh, the information will show up soon. Uh, we'd also like to get your comments. What do you think uh, of this series? Um, do you have any recommendations for, for any other topics? Do you have any questions, inquiries? Do you want to know more about Brother Oscar and Bianca? <laughs> or myself? No, that, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> tune in for our next video um, where we're going to discuss Joseph in prison on our next discussion of our series called Locked Up. God bless you.